All summer, Triple M rocks the ashes. Bombs away. What a catch! He's taking a blinder! And it wouldn't be Triple M cricket without the banter. Got a new ball that came back as some of that sandpaper all over. <laughs> as Australia and England fight for the urn, these guys will have everything covered. I'm here for insightful thinking of the game. For Cooper's mild ale, the best mid-strength beer that tastes like a full string, this is Willow Talk. Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. Here we go, Jimmy Anderson back in the test side. The Harris first ball and he leaves it alone outside off stump. Last time Jimmy was here, he took Pfeiffer and was at times unplayable. Takes him now, bowls to Warren. Another short for he pulls. And he pulls back with a square for four. And that is going to be David Warner's 50. Again, Sean oh, hits the top edge of Smith's bat as he plays a tennis shot. And down to the long boundary, 50 for four. And it is another Steve Smith half-century. Love Zane, yeah. outside edge, no third man. That'll run away, 100 for this master batsman. And Carey, well, he can raise the bat. He plays away on the league side, and they're standing once again here at Adelaide. And it clips the top edge there of Richardson. And I think he's been given out. And with that, Australia do finally give mercy to England because they have declared. It's a full ball. It's a First ball yet again. Off to get a roaring. ball. Clicked again. Yes. Second ball. Michael Nessa has a test wicket. That pulled nicely into the onside by Milan, swiveling on his hips. And he moves with that to 50. That brings up yet another half-century for Joe Root. But can he get the triple figures? Century in the first innings of the half century here. World class player. That head on 49. Pulls at this time. It's up there. So it'll land safely into the gap. Travis Head brings up 50. Milan comes in the bowls and Richardson. Oh! again, straight up in the air. Butler won't drop this and Richardson is out. And that's it, Gussie. That is it. They decided to pull the pin. They're going to declare Australia. Australia's lead, 467. Dark in again to Joe Root. And he's dicking! And he's out! He's got it! Oh, Joe Root! Joe Root, the England captain, has been caught behind! He's gone! England, 4 for 82! is turning sharply here. And they go up. But Paul Wilson again denies. Oh, they, they got a re- review. Well, they got I the- think it's out. Which decision's not out. Oh. Oh. Impact in line. Out! Richardson gets out and cast Wokes. Yes, he can! Richardson seems well back. He castles Wokes. And now the Australians are up and about. Singlon, they're hanging in there. Eight wickets down, 26 overs to go. You never know. On ball, what happens here? See that at international level. Richardson in the outer oh, oh, and he's oh, it on, oh, and he's gone, and he's gone. Caught by Green, and it's all over. Australia are 2-0 up, and the Ashes are nearly home. Cooper's Mild Ale, Triple M rocks the ashes. And welcome back to Willow Talk. Oh, how good. Neil Australia takes the lead into the Boxing Day Test. We had five days of action. Liam Flanagan here, joined by... 
Brad Haddon, 66 tests for Australia Hads. I just needed to hold your tongue for a sec because we've got a bloke in here who last time we did this show was complaining that he said he got no moments. I got oh. no moments. I got no moments because Dengenay got them all. Was it a complaint? It was more of a factual And situation. Mark Taylor said to you, be ready, Gus. He said, yeah. your moments are coming. And as we listen to that package there, all I hear is Gus Wallen calling the biggest moments of the Test match. Oh, it was fantastic. How good Australia 2-0 up. And it's just, they're, they're an absolute rabble, aren't they, England? <laughs> they're an absolute rabble. They're talking, they're whinging, they're whining, they're complaining and arguing with each other, ads. Mate, how good's Christmas going to be? <laughs> Australia up 2-0. The coaches are fighting about tactics. Joe Root and the fast bowlers don't get on. They can't get the team right with selection. This is going to be the best Christmas ever. Then they go to Boxing Day, and they won't have solved their problems then. It's just going to get worse and worse for the England cricket team. <laughs> Gussie, let's talk about Adelaide. Uh, we'll talk. I want to talk about the cricket in a moment, mm. but give me a sense of, of the city and your time oh, because you seem to enjoy yourself. Absolutely loved it. We really had a ball, didn't we? And Hads, for the first time, was with us because he was doing – Big bash, but at the mm-hmm. end of the test. So we had a few nights out and about. And being a day-night test, you could go out during the day and have brekkie, catch up with friends, go for a walk. And Hads and I took on uh, one of our producers, Rabbit and Mark Taylor. This is what I wanted we to get to. We nearly had a falling out. Did, to, what happened, Hads? Well, we're playing Mark Taylor and, and Rab. So it was Gus and I. We're up in the first set. Right. We won the first set. And we're down in the second set by about three games. Mm-hmm. And, and Gus had played a shot that I wasn't that happy about, but I let it go. Mm. And he walked past. He said, I was just trying to... Have a rally. Oh, no. So I, I quietly yes. had to, to call him over and I said, get your bloody head in the oh. game. You're not focused enough here. And, and if we're going to go down this path, we're going to have a real falling out. And, and I th- he just looked at me. He didn't know what to say. His mouth open, his eyes wide. And he just said, sorry, Hads, I, I'm, I've got my head in the game. I've got my head. Then we came back. We won the remaining games and, and we embarrassed him. Then. Yeah. We, we embarrassed Taylor, mm. um, which was which was what we wanted to do. Yeah. We were aggressive at the net. We aimed at him. Well, can we just say that Mr. Haddon, I mean, 80% of that's right, but he's put a little bit of mayo on it because there was a little bit more, uh, I don't know, more forceful yeah. chat about me getting my head in the game. There might have been a, a he's little, made, he's a little sledge o- in there. He's made it okay for before 9pm. <laughs> I wasn't there to yeah. lose, Gus. I, know but that, I tell you what, that, it was a build-up, actually, because the day before... Gus got St- Steve Smith out, and we had to apologise on air with, with that. We all felt a little bit uncomfortable yeah. with that moment. You get, yeah. It was a commentator's curse, and yeah. we, we know how much we love Steve Smith. It had been a bizarre test match for him, yeah. actually, back into the captaincy, and, and, and Gus got him out. Hmm. I got the. I, I spoke. So you to were due a spray. You were due a spray. Well, I, you were well, deserving. Of I, one. I was deserving of a spray, okay. but I thought maybe not on the tennis court. Maybe in a producers' meeting before the you know start of play or something. But I thought we're just having a nice game of tennis, no. knocking it around and stuff. But no, we were there to win, and we did. We did, yeah. and we, we did, did okay. win. And he was right. I mean, it was so good. It just shows the difference between someone like me and someone like Hads when it comes to like. Just having your, your head in the game yeah, and saying, just do this and do mm. that and we'll win this. This is all over. And yeah. we did that and it happened yeah. compared to just, you know, being a bullfed like I normally am. Well, but- it also shows the different, it might be the different mindset between Australia test team and the English test team because the Australian, the Brad Haddon mindset yeah. clearly exists in the Aussie dressing rooms, even without Pat Cummins. What, I mean, what a way to start this, this second test. Oh, look, it was incredible. We were sitting at, 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 at the Adelaide Oval, the, the hotel that we stayed at which was absolutely beautiful, was actually attached to the grandstand of the new setup at Adelaide. So it's called the Oval Hotel. And Hads and I were sitting there having a piccolo, looking out over, watching the uh, the groundsman. We, we, in fact, did a video, didn't we, of, of the first look of the test pitch. It was just the most – I was literally walked in there the night before and cried. I, I just I just can't believe I'm doing this job. I can't believe the opportunities we have to do this. And then Hads and I there and a little – 
little producer called from Sydney from mm. a, another AM station going, have you heard anything about Pat Cummins not playing? And I said to Hads, is that the case? So Hads then went to work. He went to work and we found out Pat Cummins was out of the test match. Wow. But it, it was bizarre events. Uh, and, and I felt for Steve Smith. What he's gone through to, to get back, he's a much better leader than he was when he first took on the, the Australian captaincy. But it was probably the best way for him to, to get back into into that the captaincy role. He, he did an outstanding job. Tactically, he was outstanding. But it was a bizarre start to the test match. Didn't get much better for England. Got a lot better for Australia. They were outstanding through the, the whole test match. What I loved about it, Hads and, and Liam, is that he didn't have the... If he was captain, for instance, he would have had that whole build-up. Mm. You know, every journalist would have had a go. Everyone would have had an opinion. All of a sudden, he thrust the leadership at 10 o'clock in the morning, four hours before, and then I waited. I mean, he obviously was lucky enough with the Joe Root not winning the toss, so he got the right result. But when he walked out to bat, we had an hour together and we just waited because the, you know, the announcer, yep. Glenn Hawke, who's an absolute champion, we all know well in here, he goes, and coming in to bat for Australia, Stephen Smith, the Australian captain, and silence, and then all of a sudden a roar that people were clapping him, mm. and that was a really good moment. Yeah, there, weren't, there, were, well, there wasn't enough time, the point you made about it being thrust into it, there wasn't enough time for the opinion pieces to come out. That's that, it. That, and that's, you know, it would have been, I think most Aussie cricket fans have forgiven him. And I think there's still some people probably in the media who would love to have another shot and, yeah. and have a go at the culture, but there wasn't enough time for it. So it was an ideal scenario for him to take. Yeah. yeah. But i tell you what we did see throughout the test match is how good Steve Smith is tactically. Some of the changes he made through through the test match, the way he used Nathan Lyon, the fields he had for Lyon, he got the best out of Mitchell Stark. M- Mitchell Stark had a huge job this test. He, he'd lost his partners in, in Camo and Hazelwood, but the way he performed and the way Steve Smith used him, was outstanding. And that's why I think Camo and Steve will complement each other when they come back. Paddy did a really good job that first test. Steve's tactical now is second to none. And and that's one thing Paddy will have to get used to, using someone like Steve Smith, because you've got to use that tactical now. Oh, and I think probably Paddy seems like the bloke to me that off the back of what he saw, he would have been watching every ball and he would have seen Steve and gone, there's a bloke I can... He already probably would have been asking him yeah. questions, but... Oh, that's really why I can ask him questions. That's right. When He's we played, get back to Melbourne, played with him at all different franchises, mm. all different teams, all different formats, and so forth. So there's a lot of respect there, and there's a friendship there, and a, a big piece in the paper today in Sydney. I don't know if you boys have seen it, but Cummins says I only want to captain the Test team. You know, Finchie's obviously the captain of the One Day team at the moment, but he's got injury worries. There's a lot of One Day cricket to be played mm. after off the back of the big bash. So if Finchie doesn't come through that, Smithy will probably take the captaincy of the one-day team. And that might be another way, Hads, of him, you know, getting back into that leadership role in a way, a little bit away from the the highlight of the Ashes. Yeah, and I think it's a great way for C. Smith to get back into it to see if he enjoys it and wants to do it. Um, what he went through at the back end of South, after South Africa was like, it was trauma. Um, so he's got to understand whether he wants to put himself back in the spotlight. We, we know tactically he'll do a great job. And, and, but the one thing is now, he, he's more rounded person. I know you've done some work with him, Gus, but it's his leadership. Before he was just a captain, he could move fine leg to deep square, put mid off under the nose, sledge a few batters now and then when he had to. But now he's a great leader. He, he's a good leader of men. He's learned a lot. He knows his own game and, and he'll do a great job. But the one thing that I'm still concerned with is, does he really want it? Does he really want it full time? Does he want to go through um, all that scrutiny again? So, and that, and the white ball would be the perfect test for him. I, th- I think he's a better person as much as a better leader. I think he's more rounded. I think he was very much focused on cricket and not a lot else. Now he's got a lot more to his life. Plus, he's grown in so much confidence. How can you not stand up in front of thousands of school kids over a year? 
find out that you've actually saved people's lives and not be affected in a positive way. And that's what's happened with Smithy. So that's why I'm so thrilled for him as a leader. And even better, all the press around the boundary at the end of the test match. So he does his TV stuff with Gilly. And I was talking to Gilly later. I said, Gilly, how long do you want to ask questions for? Like, we're all sitting here waiting, brother. Yeah. He's, oh, I'm, he said, on the TV, I'm taking, the, taking all the big hits. So he then walks over and he sees Triple M straight away and he comes straight to us. Oh. You know, BT Sport, all makes sense. ABC, all that stuff. So that was nice. And we ended up having a really good conversation with Murphys at the end of the game and, and Tubby Taylor. So, so thrilled for him. And now he's got some runs as well because it would, that would have been itching away at him, the fact that he hadn't scored many runs lately. Mm. So to get that 90-odd was really, really good for his confidence too. And what about his hands in the field? I mean, uh, how, do you know what how important? and how difficult that first slip position can be and how important it is to, with the communication with the keeper, Alex Carey, who's been basically faultless, by the way. But, Smithy, he's what ma- He's made one mistake now, hasn't he? Well, that? he's made one, well, but he, sure. But... He actually, I think he made that mistake to save Josh Butler's career. If he, he oh. takes that catch off Butler, <laughs> I, I don't think we see him at, at Boxing Day. Well, uh, but, Smithy, what did he finish with for the game? I mean, six. Six, six catches. Yeah, uh, I think it's a multiple four times he's done that. No one else has done it more than once. Fantastic hands. Let's talk about the Aussies in the field quickly, because the bowling performances of of the two uh, new blokes, although I know um, Richardson's made his test debut before, but it's his first time back in the team since 2019. Hads, what would you make of Nessa and Richards? Nessa is a great story. He was one of those guys I was worried about that wouldn't get a test match. He's been on a couple of tours. He was on an Ashes tour, and he's one of those loved members of the team. He does all those little things that, that make teams great. And you only had to see when he got his first wicket. The first people to him were the guys that were running the drinks. <laughs> Swepo, he flew out there and they were all around him. They, they know how much it means to him. They, they know the work he puts in, but he's one of those guys that could have missed out on a test match. We had an injury early in the morning, so he got, got to play and, and with the bizarre circumstances in the team. But, mate, he's a legend. He's one of those guys you want to see to get a test match. And Richardson, he's a different gravy. He would have been outstanding in an Ashes test in England. He's got a beautiful wrist. He swings the ball both ways. And the one thing I noticed through the test match, he bowled a little bit short in the first innings. And, and this is what, what sets him out to the others. The second innings he comes out, he picks his length up. He bowls a foot fuller. He gets five wickets. To learn on the job like that just shows to you he's got some really good cricket smarts. And another thing I liked most about it, he went after Broad in the first innings. He could have just <laughs> bowled it at the stumps. Broad would have missed it. He said, you know what? You put a lot of pain on Australia. I'm going to hit you. <laughs> And that's what he did. I love it. I mean, I spoke to Mitchell Stark through the test match, and that's another good thing. Players being available to talk to the rights holders have been amazing. Talking to Starkey and said, mate, you looked happier to catch that catch off Nessa to give him his first test wicket than you did, you know, nicking off um, the opener. And he goes, absolutely. He said, that's what it's all about, first test wicket and stuff. So now we know that we've got the depth. We always thought we had the depth, but now those, with how it happened with Cummins and and an injury to Hazelwood, we now know that we've got a couple of blokes that are there. I think Richardson had would be in front simply off his performance, but you know there's two there, and Boland's been added to the uh, squad for the next three test yeah. matches. So we now know that we've got a really good depth in our uh, in our bowling. Yeah, and you have to have five to six fast bowls to win series. We've seen against India, Australia's big three bowl really well, but come the third test, they just drop quick, quickly. They're fatigued. It's hard work to back up for five tests. Boland's an interesting selection to me mm. because you've got Nessa in the squad, Richardson, Camo, Stark and Hayeswood, all these guys, to, to bring him in. There must be some injury concerns over a few others. They wouldn't just bring him in if they're concerned about Josh Hazelwood. 
That that one's an interesting one to see if he'll come up. A side strain, mate, are you nervous taking him into a test match? Can you get through five days? So Boland, to me, he might get the opportunity to, to play. There must be something going on inside that circle to bring another fast bowler in. There's a rumour this morning that Richo is under, a, under an injury cloud, so... That might be that one. So well, wait, he, we've got to talk about the Poms though, and just quickly on Joel Richardson. I like him because he's angry. He's he clearly got to be the James Pattinsons yeah. about him. He wants to uh, hit you, and he walks back the really short, angry man step back to the top <laughs> of his crease. You can see it in the eyes. It doesn't smile a lot out there. It's all very angry. Triple M's Willow Talk back soon for Cooper's Mild Ale, the best mid-strength beer that tastes like a full strength. If this show were a dismissal, it'd be a man cat. Oh, no! Triple M's Willow Talk. The England side. We finally got to see a couple of blokes with over a thousand wickets combined mm. in Stuart Broad and James Anderson. And from the get-go, we saw why they should have been there in the first test hats. I mean, the, they are quality. It's just been bizarre selection right the way through. You, you, you can talk about those two missing that first test, but then you go to Adelaide and you don't play a spinner. It just seems to me that they've picked a team six months ago and they're not playing cricket eyes up. They're just thinking, this is how we're going to win this test. This is how we're going to get through this one. Well, hang on a bloody minute. You've got to win the first test of an Ashes. They came up there, went to the Gabba. The conditions suit Anderson and Broad. They win the toss there. It would have made it really hard for Australia. Could have put us on the back foot. Yes, they come to Adelaide. They picked them. Um, They made a difference. At times, I think they bowled too short. And you could see between... Broad and Anderson watching from afar. They don't look happy with Root. Something's not right there. I don't know where that'll end up, but I heard Root say the bowlers haven't learnt from four years ago. They're the only two here from four years ago. So basically he's just said, Anderson and Broad, you're not bloody learning. But he said that publicly. So there's big egos in that change room. So something's not right there. They didn't get their length quite right. They didn't go full enough. But Root outs them. In the media, and then and then Broad came out today and said, "Well, it gave his reasoning behind not pitching it up and the fact that he didn't think that they should." So there's the rift that's out there publicly. John Lewis is the bowling coach of England. Said, "I think we've got our sides round the wrong way. I.e., Adelaide team should have played in Brisbane and vice versa." So there's a lot going on there, and I tell you who's going to win that battle between Root, Broad, and Anderson. It's going to be Joe Root. Joe Root's the only bloke in the England team that you can absolutely guarantee is going to make the next Test team in the next Test Series. He's there for a long time. There's no one else that can be captain because there's no one else to be guaranteed to be playing and Broad and Anderson on, obviously on the tail end of their career. So they better get in line or Broad and Anderson go, you know what, we've got our 500 and 600, we're out of here. Mm. And I don't think they'll be disappointed in that. I'll tell you what they did <laughs> really well tactically, the best part of that Test match was the fourth morning. Who was off? Root. Joe Root. Ben Stokes took over. It just looked a lot more calmer. He had a plan. The bowlers bowled fully. He had catch and mid-wickets and short covers. They bowled at the stumps. And they challenged Australia. They took four wickets for, oh, I think, under 20 runs. And they put Australia under pressure. Then Root came back on and all went downhill again. So, to me, something's not quite right there. Let's, let's, let's draw a line under it, Hads. Are you saying that Joe Root's not the right captain for England? I, I think Ben Stokes tackle is the best captain. And if you have a look at the first two test matches, they haven't got it right. He's involved in the selection committee with the coach, and the coach has come out and said... He's under the pump too. Well, you have to be under the pump. You come out and said, we've picked the right teams. Then the bowling coach said, you haven't picked the right teams. And Joe Root says, you're not buying the right length. So all I can say is it's going to be a great Christmas because England are fighting. We're up 2-0, and 
and, and it just gets the theatre just gets better and better. Can we talk about Joe Root going into the nets and getting throwdowns oh. without a box? So that's that's the reason why he wasn't on the field in that fourth morning. So these days, rather than just having throwdowns with an actual throw, they get that doggy, yeah, like the dog, like the, you use with the dogs at it the park. Actually perfectly is that thing, yeah. which means you can't control it as well as throwing down. So if I threw down 10 balls to my under 10s when I used to be coach, I'd probably get six in the right spot. I'd apologise twice and then there'd be ones but not don't quite apologize. right. Don't <laughs> apologise. You've got him out twice, but we'll keep going, sorry. But you know what I mean? So that situation's happened. So why would you not have a box on? And then serves you right, big filly. You can then get 145 one right in the cap when you, me, oh, and Merv are on. Yeah. Had to, and then, of course, he nicks off a few balls later. Like, it just seems to me that his head's not in the game. Butler's head's not in the game. They're sort of wandering around as if this – we just can't wait for this to end. Well, the interesting thing with that is what your old man say to you the first day you go to cricket and you're padding up. Make sure you wear your box. Put your box mm. on first. And I went home to my two young boys, and they were laughing about Joe Root <laughs> as well. My younger one goes, oh, he got him in the wheels, Dad. He got him in the wheels. <laughs> the wheels. <laughs> and uh, he said, Dad, why didn't he put his box on? Mm. And I said, Hugo, that's a good lesson. And see how much pain he was. But I tell you what the best part about all that was. Yes, he got him in then. He, he was okay. At the, how ruthless they were. They needed Joe Root that night. They knew how big that wicket was. They checked if he was all right, sort of. Yeah. And they went back to their mark saying, come on, get on with it. We've got three overs to bowl. Then Mitchell Stark executed, went around the wicket and made him play, nicked off. Kerry took a good catch. But it was that mo- ruthless mindset that the Australians had that just showed England, we're, we're here. We're, we're, we're not here to be friends out in the field. We're here to compete. And that's been the difference in the series as well, the, the ruthless mindset compared to the England team. It was funny watching Stokes laugh more than anyone else, though. Oh. Like, Stokes was laughing with Stark, as they, and they were, they were sort of down by the umpire, and it was obvious that he was in real pain. He did the double roll, didn't he? Oh. But everyone's sitting there. Why is it so funny when people fall over or get hit in the nuts? Like, it takes you back to being a five-year-old kid. You can't stop laughing. With everything that's been cancelled these days, I hope that never gets cancelled. I hope laughing when a bloke gets hit down in the nether regions never gets cancelled because it never won't be funny. Um, (laughs) Can we talk about the England team moving forward, though? Well, quickly, before we talk about that, I do want to get Brad Haddon's take on the Joss Butler dismissal because this was – he was holding on. This bloke had dug in for over 200 deliveries, maybe fighting for his test career because he's been – Having he's been rocks and diamonds behind the stumps, yeah, and then he steps onto his stumps, hats. Yeah, that to me is just a concentration lapse. He, he did a, a wonderful job, and, and I tell you, it's not the first time it's happened. Richardson's got him before, like that in the big bashes, he hit wickets. So he, he did a good job um, to to get England as close. They did gave him a little bit of hope for a draw, but it's just a concentration lapse. You, you can't have those. Have you ever done it? Well, I've actually done it at Adelaide, though, but there's different circumstances. Oh, what was your circumstance? Well, I was 38 years of age. It was my last year of Big Bash, <laughs> and Billy Stanlake was bowling 150 k's. Okay. And I, I remember going to, up to the non-strikers going, oh, I don't need this. I, I don't know if I can face that. So, <laughs> What I, am I doing here? I went to play the pull shot, and my back my front foot just clipped the stumps on the way, and, and everyone's going kerfuffle around. What happened I'll, to the ball? Did, did you hit it? Uh, yeah, just got in front of square. Four runs? Uh, I was I was just worrying about getting off. He and was kicking at his stumps. He didn't care where the ball gone. He was turning around, flailing his toe at the flailing at the leg stump. The umpire was talking about, oh, what's happened here? Did the veils come? I said, I kicked him. <laughs> then- <laughs> yeah, don't worry about yeah. checking. Then as I was walking off, you, you got to look disappointed. You're the senior pro, and yeah. and you're walking off. And Greg Shipper was in the 
in the change room. He goes, oh, hard luck. But, and I said, oh, yeah, threw my helmet down. I said, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. B- big player. Shouldn't have done that. And as he walked out, I said, oh, thank Christ. <laughs> there was no way in the world I wanted to face anything Billy Stanley was. But he's bowling 150 k's. or 38 years of age. got a beautiful family. I was thinking, I'm getting yeah. out of here. Yeah. I've done well with my life. I'm out. <laughs> well, Josh Butler, I mean, I think he can take something away from that innings, even if it oh. ended in unusual fashion. He's done and dusted now. You think Bearsale will come in for Pope um, and he'll play as a fielder and, and – you know, Butler's now good to go again. I would, I'd keep Pope in. I, I think yes, well, because you want Australia yeah. to win. Oh, nah. yeah, Mate, he looked want... all at sea. I tell you why though. He, England have to plan a little bit for the future here as well. Um, Bearstay, yes, we know can play a role. He's been in and out of the Test team on on numerous occasions. Yeah. So Pope can play. He, he, at the moment, he just looks rattled when he starts his his innings. He hasn't got a plan to to Nathan Lyon. Um, especially when he starts, but he has got some talent. So there's no point, I don't think, getting someone like Pope out of the team. I, I think you need to leave him in the team. He needs to get experience. Because, and the only way you do is in the cauldron of an Ashes cricket or test match. So oh, I think a young player like him, you, you need to trust him a bit. You need to talk to him about the game and what's happening, has a plan when he starts his innings. I think Butler was saved with Alex Carey, miss, missing that catch. He would, he would have had a pair. He dropped three. Uh, two really ordinary catches. The the interesting spot's the opening. I, I think yeah. you can't come to Australia and have two openers that look to survive. I, I think they need someone up the top that can put a bit of pressure back on the Australians. Zach Crawley can do that. He's actually got a double hundred in test cricket. So Yeah, I'd, but, I'd, but if you take the double hundred out, he averages under 10. Like the guy, yeah. it was that one big innings, wasn't it? And, and another one of these, like Pope was the big young thing coming through. Crawley was the same, but they haven't quite done it consistently at the – at the highest level, Pope's now uh, average gone under thirty. Yeah, he has, and, and it's yeah, it's it could be a bit controversial to, to keep him in, but you, you've got to develop some of these young kids. If you look, you're not going to um, win too many tests with, with the way Burns plays. He, he's he's not someone whose technique that I think can stand up over time to to test cricket. Yes, he's gutsy and he he has a go and he tries to compete with a pretty ordinary technique, but. He, these guys like Pope and Crawley, you've got to start to get some cricket into them. You've got to develop them because otherwise, you've seen their Lions team, they just got whacked by the Aussies as well. So you need to find some depth. Yeah, regardless of who they pick, you know they'll get it wrong. You know, they'll, get, they'll get the selection wrong. Whatever they, they do, do ahead of the Boxing Day test, they'll stuff it up. <laughs> well, it's, it's a guarantee. The good situation, I suppose, for them is they can bring Wood back in. He's been rested in, in Adelaide. So who then misses out? in terms of the bowlers, because I'd imagine Broad and Anderson want to play, you know, full house, Boxing Day, last two are down here. So who, who goes out there? Yeah, I, I think you have to have a look at Robinson. I, I thought he, he's done a good job, but he, he looked tired at, at the back end, end of Adelaide. This is his first campaign in an Ashes. There's a lot of emotion that comes with the, the build-up to that as well. Wood has to come in. The, the tactics they use with um, Stokes to bowl the, all the grunt overs to go after Australia, imagine if Wood was doing that, mm. 150 Ks. They have to play spinner. You've got to play spinner in, in Meltmore. You have to play what one. What about Ollie, Ollie Robinson could spin? He, he bowled a few overs to spin. He looked all right. Yeah, but he, he looked better than Leachy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Leachy. You, poor old Jack Leach. He'd done nothing wrong here. Should Mate, have been picked in that test match. You turn it more than Leachy. He was a lamb to the slaughter at the Gabba. You down at Moore Park with your mates playing tennis side <laughs> is a better bowler than Leachy. It's because I put tape on the ball. Uh, <laughs> quickly, jumping to the Aussie team lineup for the Boxing Day test. Hads, make the call. You've been amazing with your predictions on this show. Uh, you you called the David Warner injury as well. You said that was a wait and see. Who 
other four bowlers, four fast bowlers for Australia? I think, obviously, the captain comes back in. I, I don't think Hazelwood will play. I, I think... Rest in for Sydney, back home. Well, I, I just think it's too soon to come back from a side train. I'd love if he did, and everyone wants to play Boxing Day. I, I think Mitchell Stark will play. Okay. And, and I, I'm curious. I, I think there's something... It, with Boland's come into the squad, I think he might make his debut. Really? Yep. Boland and Nessa with Richardson maybe not pulling up from Adelaide. Yep. Okay. Oh, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? The other spot, I suppose, at the top of the order, Liam, you know, do you go with Harris? You know, his highest score of the season was at the MCG. It's his home track. We're 2-0 up. So you just stick with that team. Otherwise, you get Kawaja to give him a run. He's been running drinks out and apparently been wonderful around the group and so forth. Do you give him a crack? Because Harris, I know that, that, that night session he did well, but then he pretty much got out straight away the next morning. So what are your thoughts on that opening spot? I think he get this is his last chance. I, I think he's at his home track. We're two nil up, so he's not going to get a better opportunity to, to put some numbers on the board. So, I, I think he's under a bit of pressure after this Test match. If he if he doesn't perform, you got Kawadra in the wing, you got Young Hunt um, from South Australia. So you've got a number of guys that can come in, but I think they're going to give him another chance um, on your home track. He he's, understands conditions and and let, let's hope he, he gets some runs. We 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 need an opener at the top of the order to partner David Warner. Marcus Harris is good around the group, but your currency's runs. Okay. The I think the thing about Marcus Harris, Mark Tubby told us last time we did Willow Talk, Gussie, that it's hard to drop a bloke from a winning side, and mm. they are winning comfortably at the moment. Yeah. And George Bailey said ahead of the series, he's like, we're backing Marcus Harris in. We're, we're going to give him a run at this. So you, four innings, yes, they haven't been four great innings, but you've got to be a selector of your word, well, George Bailey here, and actually back the bloke in. Yeah, and he had a nine not out, and I know he could do more, no more than that. You know, the winning runs were sure. hits and so forth. So really, in three digs, he'd get a pass mark for one mm. of them because you get through that night, and the ball was swinging and yeah. stuff. And after the run out with Warner, there would have been a bit of head noise there for him. And so he definitely gets a pass mark in, I would say, probably two out of the four innings yeah. so far. So, and like you say, we're 2-0 up, so... Play on it, and of course, Uzi hasn't been able to play. Just quickly, Gus, how do you what do what do you say when there's more than one innings? Innings is In, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> what do we what 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 do you it's say? Innings. Oh, you don't innings. need to put an extra. That's <laughs> all right. Triple M's Willow Talk back soon for Cooper's Mild Ale, the best mid-strength beer that tastes like a full strength. The show that thinks you should be able to run on a dead ball. We can do what we like. Triple M's Willow Talk. Can we talk about Greeny for a moment? Ah, <laughs> oh, Because yes. you're, you're piling into me about him um, last time around. And I just want to, and believe me, people around the Adelaide Oval going, you're going to back Green, you're going to back Green. Obviously, Willow Talk listeners. Um, what did you think of him? His bowling was outstanding. Can we now say he's a bowling all-rounder? Because Whoa. he doesn't look like he can score any runs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> i tell you the one thing he's come in in this series. He's changed his technique. And I think he's at the at the road at the moment where he's just working out what works and doesn't work as a batsman. And it's great that he's working that out in test cricket. He's a young guy that's going to be there for a long, long time. Um, I know you're calling for Marsh, <laughs> but you just seen how important he was. He's got Joe Root three times. He bowls 140 Ks. He'll get runs. He's a class act. He's got runs everywhere. But he's still young at test cricket. He's learning. The best thing about it at the moment is we're winning. Um, and you can keep him in the team. You can let him develop. Because the best way to develop is playing matches. So Mark Wall was saying to you, I think, in commentary that it's all about his 
front pad, the fact that he doesn't want to put the big stride in because he thinks it's going to be blown off and he's going to be LBW. So he's not getting himself in the right positions. And that means he's off stumps a little bit. Not quite sure it is. And that's why he leaves the ball and gets bowled or he's nicking off. Yeah, he's just changed. His, he's a bit worried about getting LB, so he's opened his front leg up. And what that's brought in is a couple more dismissals, actually. He, he hasn't quite understood where he's off stump is. So he's left a ball that's hit the off stump. He's been bowled off stump. In the second innings, he went back across his crease and backed his eye to, to hit those ones on the on the stump. So he's just working through a few things at the moment. Um, and, and it's a it's a tough call to, to work it out in test cricket. Um, everything's under scrutiny. He's a good kid. He's got a level head. Um, he, he'll come good. Yeah. As long as, long as people in the media stop bagging him. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I haven't heard anyone. Oh, I have. I, who? Like what, sitting what, across from us. It's not bagging. It doesn't shut up about him. I just, no, that's not true. Leave him alone. Or, I, I'm getting text messages from him when he got dismissed in the first innings at the Adelaide Oval saying, I told you. And then he comes out and rips down 140 and just, shut yeah. up, Gus. Leave the kid alone. <laughs> who do you want in? Mitch Marsh. Only because we kept picking Mitch Marsh for years when he wasn't quite in form. He kept on getting bagged. Everyone in the team loves him. Apparently the world's greatest bloke. And now he's hitting form. He wins us a T20 World Cup and he can't get a run. And now he's playing for the Scorchers. And I'm just like, this could be the time. But I'm coming around to it. If you sit around with you blokes long enough and, and the fact that we're winning and the fact that we can be patient at the moment, we're winning with him learning. I'm, I'm totally with you. My my final takeaway from that second test is just that we should have had more South Australians in this side earlier because Travis Head and Alex Carey, they are providing the cocoon for Cam Green to exist in this test side. Well, I love the fact that Head came out and actually changed the game because it looked like Marnus and Steve were just there yeah. to sort of occupy. Then Head comes out and goes bang, 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 run a ball 50. It changed the men- momentum, didn't it? Yeah, we're, we're, the one thing about Travis Head, he's one of those frustrating batters because if he gets five, 150, no matter what the wicket was, he hits the ball in the middle of the bat. <laughs> he's just had to realise his talent and be able to understand the momentum swings of games and, and when, to, when to go after the bowlers, when not. But he's found a really happy place at the moment. Number five in the test team behind Marnus and Steve Smith. You want someone that moves the game. And, and that's a, one thing Travis Head does. If they've if they're batted well at the top and he's coming with that second new ball or just after, he moves the game forward and, and that's exactly what he did. Australia were sort of just fluffing around a little bit. Stokes was captaining well. That's a point we want to get back to in that first <laughs> first mm. bit on day four. But when Head came to the wicket, he took the anxiety out of the rest of the day. When bang 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 got fifty, got Marnus going. Yeah, so he, he's done a really good job since coming back into the team. Amazing that we haven't really spoken that much about Marnus Labuschagne, the player of the Test match. But uh, look, the, can, 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 can I just quickly go through a little stat with Marnus that got sent to me? So Marnus' first inning scores since Lords in 2019, which is why you know they're into Joffrey Archer, the fact that he hurt Smith that brought Marnus in. Mm. So it's all Archer's fault, is what the Barmy Army was saying and singing during day three. So his first innings. Scores since 2019, 74, 67, 48, 185, 162, 143, yes. 63, 215, 47, 48, 91, 108, 74, and 103. Marcus Harris. That's his first inning since he got into the team off the back of the Steve Smith injury. I reckon Marcus Harris had bat without a box for one of those scores right now. <laughs> I tell you, good, I tell you what, with Marnus though, his first inning stats are unbelievable. But imagine being the opposition, <laughs> all his mannerisms, the way he talks to himself. I'd have to throw the ball at him. 
Like, to me, it becomes exhausting. Watch, as Australians, you, you love that he pisses the opposition off with all these little innuendos and things, and he, he watches Steve Smith, and he'll change what Steve Smith does. But if I'm sitting on the other side, he'd be one of those batters that just pissed you off. <laughs> you just have to say something, but his concentration's so good, you can't get rid of him, but... He's doing a great job for us. There was a short ball there, and he ducks down. And he goes, "Really well played, <laughs> yeah, Marty. Yes. Really well, well played, played yeah. Marty. See you're playing well. You're concentrating well. Duck, oh, you ducked under that nicely. That's that sounds funny now, <laughs> but you just go over those stats. So he's spending more than half the game out there batting. Imagine listening to that oh. over after over if you're the opposition. Marnus, keep pissing the English off. We love it. But oh, well, he's, it frustrates. He you know, makes Steve Smith look controlled and calm. He and, certainly yeah. does. I spoke to Manus at the start of the match about their relationship, and he just said, "Look, obviously, I love him. I trust him. We're great friends. We think about the game in a very similar way. Him and Steve Smith. Mm. And of course, when they bat together, it's absolute oh, gold. It's cricket porn. Just one thing. It is cricket porn. Um, one thing I'd just like to bring up because people talk about how exciting T20 is, and I know we're going to talk about Big Bash in a moment mm. and the one day um, World Cups and so forth with, that we love." But the overall series record between Australia and England in Test cricket, they've had 71 series. Australia have won 33, England 32. Six have been drawn. So over all this time and over two different sides of the world, all these different pitches, different players, different umpires, different conditions, we are still pretty much... What a rivalry. Exactly. And I think that's why we love the rivalry we have with Australia and England in everything because Mm. obviously that's the old dart and the, the empire and so forth. But, you know, that's what it's all about. And that's why I see people like you, Hads, Merv Hughes, Mark Taylor, Mark Wall, people like that in our commentary box, Liam, who absolutely get it and understand it and realise what a privilege it is to be able to commentate on it because these guys have been there and done it. Very nicely summed up, Gus. And I want to get your your opinions and your feelings because you named all those illustrious players that mm. are a part of our coverage. Yeah. Hads is used to being on tour as part of a team. This yeah. is something a little bit new for you. You've done a bit of it before, but talk me through how you're handling the off-field stuff, as Ooh. in the out-of-box stuff, because there's a lot of expectation on you to socialise and be a part of the team and, and you know, build those bonds. How are you managing it all? It's a pecking order thing too. Like, yes. we've got Suri and Botham there. Yes. Like, he's not even a series. He's gone past a series. He's a lord, yes. right? So he's sitting there and he goes, I've organised the table for tonight. And it's like the headmaster saying make sure you put your tie right and have your shoes polished. That's yeah. that's what it that sounds like to me. Like when Gregan used to be the captain of the Wallabies, you can't take your jacket off at a function until Greggs takes his jacket. All that type of stuff. So there was a little table at the Oval Hotel which looked out onto the ground and Lord Botham was there with a bottle of wine sitting there in an ice bucket and there was a tray of beers and we all arrived. And one good thing about Triple M is we all do get along. There's a lot of producers, mm-hmm. a lot of famous people like Hads X cricketers, commentators all together. And everyone's just milling in and having fun. So Lord Botham is sitting there. And then James Brayshaw lobbed one night and that conversation. And he's too big. It's the only alpha I've seen over alpha JB is Sir Ian Botham. <laughs> and then you've got and then you've got people like Mark Taylor and Greg Blewett and Hads that are talking about cricket and the way that they do it. Like, talk about cricket porn. For someone like me, I've just got to go, right, I've got four. If this test match goes five nights, I've got four nights on the drink and I'm not going to have more than six drinks because I don't want to make a tit of myself. Sure. Plus I need to step up to the plate the next day. You're a professional. And all that sort of stuff. So the fourth night I decided not to have a drink. Well, you don't reckon I got it the next morning. No. Merv Hughes brings over Ian Botham. They both sit me down. It's like the principal and the vice principal <laughs> telling me that I'd done wrong. 
I tell you what was a good night though. It was I think it was the first or second when we were all sitting around there. We're having a, a few quiet beers. I, I think we had three or fifteen. I'm not quite sure. It's somewhere <laughs> around that. Mark. And I remember about an hour before Gus left. He goes, "I'm about to leave," and I, I was I was laughing to myself. Then Mark Taylor goes, "You want another one, Gus?" Because I'll have another one. Yeah. <laughs> and he just goes, "I'm yeah, about." Can I talk to you about cricket? <laughs> <laughs> and Siri and both them. He goes, "I'm about to leave." He goes, well, "Gus, we'll have one more shout." Yeah. Then Merv. And I think it was 15. You're going to leave about an hour and a half. But the one thing cricketers are, and especially ex-cricketers, are are thirsty. And and if you could only put the mic there, what about the problems you solve or create? Oh, look, absolutely. And the other thing, Liam, you would love it, right? You're a sports lover. You you love your history to all sports. I'm just sitting there. I looked around the table. There's Mark Taylor and Greg Blewett down there and sharing a wine, talking about stuff. I'm sitting next to Merv and Sir Ian Botham. Mm. You know, Hads is just there right next to me. And I can turn at any time and just ask them a question of a memory mm. of watching them play sport or winning a World Cup. Or did, what you was tell, that? did you tell them some stories about Jacko? No. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I, I parked those. <laughs> I parked those stories. But in, in talking about Jacko, I did FaceTime him on the final morning of the fifth day and he had just finished his last dress rehearsal before going on Broadway. And that's happened now. Yeah. And I just saw a little bit of on, on Instagram. He came out to do the Music Man. It'll be emotional here, but he came out the first time on Broadway properly for 18 years yeah. for Jacko, and he got a standing ovation before he did anything. Aww. He just they, they mentioned his name. He pops up out of this train, and he stands there, and it went for about three or four minutes. New York stood, and I was just like, there's my best mate Aww. doing exactly what he wants to do. He doesn't have to go and do Broadway. He doesn't have to put himself under that pressure. He can go and do a movie and earn tens of millions of dollars. But then an ocean away, he's best mate. Is doing exactly what he dreams of doing, yeah. sitting in a in the commentary box, calling the game he loves, surrounded by lords and blokes like, like Brad Haddon and yeah. Mark Taylor. Well, Hads and I have been mates for a long time, and Brett Lee and um, Howie and people that are working on Fox, they're all good people. Mm. Had a really good morning with Isha Gua walking around Adelaide and so forth. So it's a really good mix because we had most of the Fox guys last time Triple M was on. Yep. So it's just a, it's just exactly where I want to be. Cannot I'm in wipe the smile off this bloke's place. face. Hads, cannot wipe Mate. the smile off his face. Uh, and you did a great job. You t- talking about Jacko there, I-, I tell you one of the funniest star moments we had. We're, we're at Lords with one of big tests. The alcohol's going around the room and he walks in the change room. Yeah, and, and it was 2005. Yeah, everyone's sort of looking to the ground and thinking, oh, can I get a photo? And he's come asking for a <laughs> selfie and everyone's going, no, no, can we have a photo? Yeah. The whole change room stopped and he loves his cricket, doesn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. And and it was like opposites. We were all trying to get a photo with him. He's trying to get a photo with Ricky Ponting. It, it was just amazing. <laughs> it was a mutual got... love in. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, outstanding. Well, uh, this, I mean, it's all set up now. We get We get a nice little three, four day break here. We get to recharge the cricket batteries, and then we get to roll out there on Boxing Day at the MCG in front of, I don't know what the capacity's been set well, at. Melbourne's like Sydney. I think they've just sort of opened themselves up, but they might have to wear a mask if you're not having a beer. So a lot of people will be holding a beer all day with their mask off, but, I imagine. And what'll is... be amazing is that is a completely different atmosphere to the Gabba, to Adelaide Oval. It is, it's a coliseum. It's this mm. enormous 100,000-seat stadium. That first ball you talk about, I mean... If we get a Mitchell Stark moment, that place will fall down. Well, the one thing about the the Boxing Day test, they they all have great traditions, but I remember playing Boxing Day with 90,000 people. And when the first ball comes in into bowl... Were you fielding? Yeah, I was fielding. Mm -hmm. And we had the... You had 30,000 Barmy Army singing songs about you. You're trying to get them out of your head, but all you're thinking (laughs) is Mitchell Jong swings them to the left, swings them to the right. But it's the atmosphere of it. There's, There's... 
it's an event that they, everyone just comes. No matter if you're a cricket lover, you, you, you want to tick Boxing Day off. So for guys like Green um, and even guys like C. Smith, you see how much Carey, Carey hasn't played. Steve Smith's name's up on the board every second year for, for 100. You want to get your name up on the board for 100 or a five for at the MCG. Yeah, cannot wait. We'll be down there oh. flying down Christmas night to make sure there's no drama on Boxing Day morning to fly down there. We'll be there in the ground. I and... think you've got another big moment in you at this test match, Gar. I think you've got another very big moment in you. Uh, for Cooper's Mild Ale, the best mid-strength beer that tastes like a full strength, this and, has been and, Willow Talk. And to be honest with you, that is absolutely right. You know, sometimes a sponsor... You know, says something, you go, oh, my God, that's true or not. Yeah. It absolutely is. It tastes absolutely beautiful. We had a great night with the Coopers guys the night before the first test, uh, first day, and then halfway through we used to go in and chat to them. Super people and a great sponsor and someone that's really backed Triple M Cricket. So thanks to the guys well, at Coopers. Coopers. You know what I like to thank them about? For having the box right next to our commentary box. When you had a couple of hours or an hour or so off, and they go, I just remember the Cooper's box is just next door. So okay. I'd just like to thank them for the party pies and the Coopers throughout the test match. So if our calling went downhill yep. or was better after that, you know what? <laughs> Triple M's Willow Talk. Back soon for Cooper's Mild Ale, the best mid-strength beer that tastes like a full strength. Funnier than a spinner bowling a front foot no ball. Shame, really. <laughs> Triple M's Willow Talk. For Cooper's Mild Ale, the best mid-strength beer that tastes like a full strength, a special little uh, big bash instalment of Willow Talk. Gus, exactly. Wallen, Brad Haddonley and Flanagan here. We, we're loving the test series that's going on mm. at the moment as we count down to Boxing Day. But there's also a fantastic domestic competition going on as well at the moment, the big bash. Exactly right. And I'm just looking at the uh, ladder now, Liam, and the Scorchers and the Sixers are on top. They've got a five, they're five points clear of the Thunder and then another couple of points to the Adelaide Strikers and the Melbourne Stars. So it looks like those two sides that have dominated BBL, the Scorchers and the Sixers, in terms of the men's competition, are up and about again, Hads. Yeah, the Scorchers have been outstanding. They're the only undefeated team. Sixers, they've lost had a lot of injuries. and Their depth's going to be tested for the first time. Sean Abbott became the, the leading wicket-taker of all time last night. And He's a dad. Yep, and a daddy sacrificed actually the Australian A game to, to go and become a uh, parent for the first time. Oh, I think there's four teams you need to look at. The Scorchers, the Sixers, the Thunder, and the Stars. I, I don't think – I think that's where you're going to find the, the winner from. Um, the other teams need to sort of get up to speed a little bit, but those four teams have been outstanding. Finch is yep. taking offence, Aaron Finch. And well, the Renegades have got a bit upset. They've, uh, <laughs> they've only played three. They've won one. They've got a minus um, – Run net run rate, and they're on three points. They're 11 points behind already with a couple of games in hand. But what the Stars always get thrown in the mix for semifinals and winning stuff. But, gee, they've been disappointing overall as a franchise with the type of players they've had. And how good's that? How good's that <laughs> in Melbourne? To, you take your Ashes cap off. As a New South Welshman, you're happy. I like the Stars get so close. Then they're disappointed again. And the next year they get a little bit closer, then they're disappointed. But the Sixers looked good last night. Moses, he leads them really well. Uh, Finchie's coming back, as you said. That That's mm. great for the Renegades. It's great for the competition. He's, he's box office. He's not captain this year, so it might free him up to, to light up the crowd a bit. We might hear him a bit on the... On the mic as well, so he's got a good insight into the game. The, you talk about those stars, though. There's a reason that they're always thrown into the mix because they've arguably got the best, or I think he's the best spin bowler T20 in the game in, in Adam Zampa. Mm. And then you've got the two of the cleanest strikers of the ball in world cricket mm. in uh, in the rig, Stoinis and, and Maxi, who are who, particularly Maxi's in some decent form at the moment as well. 
Yeah, and Soinus has changed his role. He's he's spent a lot of time in the IPL with Ricky Ponning, um, changing his role to that number six, seven, closing out the game. He, he was outstanding for us in the World Cup. Mm. The way him and Wade played in the back end of the game actually was a big reason why we won it. But he's moved back up the top of the order. He just hasn't quite got his rhythm yet in the tournament, but he will. And, and it might be a good thing for the Stars. He, he scores a lot of runs normally at the start, and cut, but this time he might come good at the right time and get him into the finals. I'll fall just short and we'll, we'll be happy about it and we'll have a laugh, but he might come good at the right time. I'll tell you what, it's just so good to have cricket on, like to be able to just have it on. Like last night I got home um, sitting around with the kids. We had a barbecue, came inside and said, we're going to watch The Holiday, you know, mm. that really, that cool movie around Christmas and so Wouldn't forth. We say it's, it's a cool movie. Well, to me, it's an emotional well, like movie. It's in, it's in the snow, so it's cold. It's in the snow. It's It's got a bit Jack of a laugh Black with Jack Jude Black and, and there's good-looking women and everyone's yeah. like getting amongst it. I just never would have called it a cool movie. And I went, <laughs> I'm 53 and I'm a bit of a dag. Um, but I just said, well, let's just turn on the Big Bash and just see what's going on. And the girls are like, oh, Dad. Yeah. You know, within half an hour, me and Jack and, and Damo, my uh, daughter's boyfriend, are like, well, you guys watch the holiday in the other <laughs> you room. You go watch the other you know? room. And it was just nice to have it on and sit around and have a couple of beers with the boys because the seriousness of the ashes, it realised how – fun the Big Bash is and the fact of just having it on and watching blokes smash it around and do wonderful things in the field like, you know, Silky does for the Sixers oh. is just brilliant the, entertainment. The, I would, as some people, the people are critical over the Big Bash and where it's at in the standard and there's been, cho- you know, chop and changing with the quality of players we've been able to get with the various rules and whatever. But what I will remind people of is this. In the first season of the Big Bash, Andrew Johns played. Yeah. Like, that's where we've come from. Like, mm. they let Joey walk out and have a hit. So, yeah. for everybody complaining about where this game has got to, let's just look back and uh, Joey used to play in this. I mm. played that game. Did you? Yep. And, and I remember... Was he in your team? Yeah. I remember him getting out of the car and looking at him. I said, mate, what's going on? He goes, he, he just came from, I think, Danny Badiris's wedding. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. So, it was so fresh. He, he was, he'd gone all night. And, and I was sitting next to him... Before he batted, and he said, "Oh, what do you think they do?" And I looked at him. I said, "If you came against us, I would knock your head off." <laughs> and he, oh. go, he goes, "What?" I said, <laughs> "What would happen if we put on the number seven and played against you?" He said, "I would embarrass you." I said, "Well, they're gonna knock your head off. That's that's all they're thinking." Ben Hillford House is going to try to hit you, and he's just blah, blah, dry reaching. He got that nervous, but I think he expected me to say I would just pitch one up, but. Yeah. But he did a good no. job. The second game, he batted pretty well. I think he did a couple of fours. Hold on, he played more than one game. He played two. Oh, my God. So he did okay. Oh, he hit a four. He, he was he was good in warm-up. He was very good in the touch footy game in warm-up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing about warm-up for England. They don't touch a cricket bat lamp. You turn up at the game and the Aussies are throwing at stumps. They're doing throwdowns. Mm. They're doing high catches, slips catch and stuff. You know what England are doing? Guess. What? Guess what, what do you think uh, the English... Cricket team would be doing in a warm-up. Probably playing soccer. Playing soccer. Yeah. That's, and, and it's not just a game of soccer. It's keepy-uppies with heads, uh. with your head and your feet. It's, I nearly shout out to the team. You're playing cricket, you <laughs> bunch of muppets. Yeah. You're not good enough not to practice. Don't practice your slips catching. You haven't caught one yeah. all serious. Exactly right. <laughs> well, and put a, put a buddy box on, Rudy. Well, Stuart Broad and, uh, and Jimmy Anderson said that that was uh, Joe Root's idea to play keepy-uppies. So well, I've heard, allegedly. Well, oh, you want to let that go. Allegedly. <laughs> There's heard. a story there. <laughs> All right, that is us done. Ben for Stokes Willard. for captain, I think, is what Ben Stokes saying. for captain. Mitch Marsh in for Cam Green there. Gus's big takeaway is oh. ahead of the Boxing Day <laughs> test. Uh, for Cooper's Mild Ale, the best mid-strength beer that tastes like a full-strength gentleman. 
Always a pleasure. We'll see you ahead of, where's the fourth? Sydney. S- S- SCG. Yeah, see Can't you in the new year, brother. See, see you next year. Merry Christmas to all. Merry Christmas. And a happy new year. See you, brother. Triple M's Willow Talk has been dismissed. Keep walking, boy! <laughs> and remember, you can stream every ball of Triple M rocking the ashes by downloading the listener app.